Blog Talk Radio. We in it now. <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Once again, I am Evangelist Ty T.C. Nelson, and Jesus and I are your hosts here on The Real Rap, coming live on blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And this is our blessed 1,907 episode. Hallelujah. Demons are invisible, impure spirits that need bodies to operate from. In other words, they need people, humans, to enter into, enter into and perform evil from. When a person opens a door to them through prideful, prideful acts, tragedies, trauma, evil practices, false, incorrect religions, and cult practices, rebellion, disobedience, and other ungodly practices, demons start to reside in. We want to get real understanding on that. He just said to let everybody know tonight, you might want to grab a pencil and paper tonight on this lesson here. Because we start off right now with that, that demons start to reside in us. God's going to break that down. Demons are also called disembodied spiritual spiritual beings that have an intense craving to operate physical bodies, us. Apparently, the first choice is a human body, but rather than remaining in a disembodied condition, they are willing to enter into the body of an animal. You can go read Luke 32 and 33 on that. It is hard for us to entertain the idea of a person or anything without a body unless you're watching a movie. Nevertheless, even though demons have no bodies, they have all the normal, they have all their normal acceptance, accepted markings of personality. They have a will, emotion, intellect, self-awareness, and ability to speak. Now, let's dive into that. Will. The demon who goes out of a man says, I will return to the house from which I've come. Matthew 12, 24. The demon here shows its ability to make a decision and follow through with it with a corresponding action. Now, let's take a real good look at that, like we said earlier. Demons start to reside inside you. Demons look at us as being their house. Like your house you moved in, you, 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 you search for that house, you look for that house, you plan for the house, you save the money for that house. You went everywhere and you finally found the house of your dreams. You get the house, you move into the house, everything that owes the other person, if they left anything in it that you don't like, you get it out of that house. You put thing in that house that says you. I am a collector. When you walk through my front door, you're going to see old school I mean, not cartoons, but old TV show battleships from Battlestar Galactica down to Star Wars. I collect comic books. 
You come in my house, you see my look, my Spider-Man features and all that. Like I said, I am a collector. So I have the things in my house that were collected. Knowing I've collected when you come into my house, you expect to see these things. A demon sees a person as a house because, like once, they're disembodied spirits. And as God said, Jesus said earlier, they need bodies to, to perform and to do their evil through. So when we are doing these little evil acts, as God said, through powerful acts, tragedies, traumas, um, evil practices, false, incorrect religions, and cult practices, and rebellion, disobedience, and other ungodly practices, this is what the demon is looking for. They're on a market looking for a house that has these things inside this house so they can move inside. Once they move inside that house, they possess that house. They make that house theirs. Everything about that demon is inside that house. You have a demon of rebellion. Every time somebody says you do something, you're going to rebel against it. You have a spirit of disobedience. Every time something goes against you, I'm not going to, you're, not, you're not following any orders. You're practicing false religion. It means you're talking, you're being blinded, blind leading the blind. These demons look for these houses to move into so they can do their work. And once they're inside these houses, they change everything about you. Your appearance, your talking, your walking, everything about you is changed. But once that demon is cast out, yes, is looking to return back to the house from which it came. And he will bring in, when you read on Matthew 12, 40, you read on more, it'll tell you it's going to bring more demons with it. So it's like, how does it say? When I hear that and I read that, I'm like, I'm a house. You mean you put me up for sale? I'm on the block. I'm on a, on a market for you? Yes, you are when it comes to demons. <laughs> They're seeking and searching for that proper house to move into so they can do all the things that they want to do. Emotions. Those, um, thou believes that there is one God. Thou do it well. The devil also believes and trembles. James 2 and 19. Trembling is the outward mark of strong emotion. I have personally have seen a demonized person when confronted with the authority of Christ begin to tremble violently. This is an outward manifestation of the fear of the demon that lives inside. As I said, I have personally seen it as an exorcist. I personally have seen that. And to a witness to one of our exorcisms, you can ask Pastor Toy, because her cousin Freddie called, she called her up and was telling him about a friend he has in Queens, New York, and she was talking about her son and how things were changing. She believed her son was possessed. So Pastor Toy told her cousin, call me. So when he called Jesus and I, and we started asking him a couple of questions, like what makes her think that her son is possessed? She said when her son walks into a room, the room gets dim. At the lights, at the electric being sucked out of the lights. That's one. She said, there's a real, she said, no one in her house smokes. No one. No cigarettes, no weed, no nothing, no drugs, no nothing. So it shouldn't be no smell of sulfur in our house. Sulfur comes, you light a match and blow that match out, that smell you saw after it, that's that sulfur. <clears throat> sulfur is a strong sign of a demon, demon in the house. She said, and third and finally, he had tattooed up an upside-down cross on his chest because he was, he, he's artistic. And the demons came to him and said to him that because Peter was crucified upside down, if you put an upside-down cross on you, you would be respecting Peter. And he did that. So 
we had talked to him and said, yes, that's, that, that's, that's the possession. I talked, we talked to the mother and had some other things that happened. When me and Freddie left, Jesus, Freddie, and I left to go to New, to New York, Queens, New York, on the way going out there, there's a bunch of praying that I have to do the night before and that night of that, going through the, um, through the possession. When we were leaving, one of the prayers that we made was a row of, a prayer for protection on the road while traveling, trying to get to where we got to get to. And that reason we made that prayer was when we pulled off the PA going to, almost going into New York, there's a four-lane road you're going to, and the shoulder is on the right side, not the left side. When we pull onto this, this highway, cars are doing at least 90 miles per hour, at least. Everybody's traveling. Everybody, everybody has a, he- a heavy foot. So we were traveling on this road, as soon as we turn onto the road, his hood starts popping up. I looked at Freddie, Freddie looked at me. And I'm like, you didn't? Did you go into your, in, in your hood? He said, nah, I didn't do anything with my engine or nothing. All that was already checked two weeks ago. He's had to drive around. That's the first time that happened. I said, all right, Freddie, pull over and let me check that. When he pulled over, like I said, the shoulder's on the right side, so he couldn't get out. So I got out the car, and I walked over to the front of the car. I looked down. I looked at Freddie. Freddie was looking at me. I just took my thumb, turned my thumb up, thumb upside down, touched the top of the hood, and just pulled it straight up. It was never connected. But that prayer of um, protection covered us. I closed it, and we kept going. When we get to the house, I can see the house. We first trying to find which house is our first time at this house. So as the woman's giving Freddie direction, I tapped him on the shoulder. The house got to be right there. He said, well, hiding us a little bit of dark cloud around that house. There was a, no, no, it was a clear day, but this house had a cloud around it. That's another clear sign of something going on. When we get into the house, we did some talking like that. So I asked the grandmother, where's Kevin at? The young man's name was Kevin. I can't tell you his last name out of protection of his protection. I said, where's Kevin at? She said, Kevin's upstairs. Now, when you come into the house, they got a very big house, you know. You come into the living room, then there's the dining room. You come into the dining room, then there's the living room, then there's the kitchen, and they're big. As I'm standing in the living room, I asked her where was Kevin at. I asked her that because in the kitchen, from the dining room into the kitchen, well, from the, from the living room to the dining room, bright lights, but the kitchen was real dark. So I, I seen the spirit walk past the doorway in the kitchen, so I asked her where's Kevin you know, Kevin's upstairs. I said, no, nah, man, Kevin's in the kitchen. He said, I was just talking to Kevin before you knocked on the door. I watched him go up the steps, and I heard him close his door. I said, ma'am, Kevin. And I said, Kevin, in the name of Jesus, come out the kitchen. He came out the kitchen. She said, whoa. I said, that's how they move. I said, y'all step back. I gave him instructions on every time. I just need them to say, just, just say the name of Jesus over and over again. Repeat that name out loud and say his name over and over again. This will give you your protection from anything trying to attach to you. So as Kevin comes out, I watch him come out the kitchen. As he walks into the dining room, the lights dim. And he starts, and I'm standing outside in the living room. He's in the dining room now. It's like a little wall from light and darkness. As Kevin's walking up, the demon tried to get him to walk up the steps. I said, no, Kevin, come here. He stops and looked at me. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out here. When he went to step into the light, you could see him trembling. You could see inside him not wanting to come out there, wanting to fight that. But when the name of Christ tells you to do something, they got to obey that, like we're supposed to. So as Kevin come out, as we, I'm trying to cut it down, I'm not going to make it a long story, but as we start to perform the exorcism on Kevin, I could hear him saying Jesus, and I hear him get real loud, and then by fire, it was cast out. Cleans the house, and as we are leaving, prayed over her, prayed over Kevin again. As we leave, prayed over the house. As we leave, prayed over us again. 
when we're leaving, get back on the road, Freddie's Freddie quiet. Earlier he was talking all down. I pretty much knew after seeing that, because my first time after my first exorcism, I had nothing to say, no, nobody. So I understand why you're quiet. But Freddie turns to me and says, man, and if you don't believe me, all you got to do is ask Pastor Toy to talk to her cousin, Freddie, and he'll tell you. He said to me, the only time I've ever seen what I just seen tonight was on the movie screen. I've never seen it in person. He said, when I started saying Jesus, at first I was just saying it, and I didn't really was feeling it. He said, but when you called him out that room, I felt something, and it made me say Jesus' name even stronger. He said, while he was doing performing the exorcism, I seen this thing come out of him. And it made it look me in my face, and I just started saying Jesus, and it just went away. And then this big, bright light came, and it made me put my head down, and then it went away. And then you were done. I said, that bright light was the spirit of God coming through, cleansing that spirit out of there. I said, he said, did you see that same thing when you're performing an exorcism? I said, no. What I do is I close my eyes. I see a white room, and they're in dark shadows, and in the dark shadows, what they are, dark shadows, I see those. When the dark shadows are cast out, the room is all white. I open my eyes. There's a time you can ask Pastor, P, um, Pastor Toy about this. There was a time when we were walking down Kelly Drive, and we were walking down there, and she's an um, um, embrace. She, 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 she feel things. And you could feel when we was walking through these spirits. Remember, Kelly Drive, a lot of dead bodies in the south of Kelly Drive. There was a lot of spirits on that whole walk. But one day when we were leaving, she felt something attached her, grabbed her by her back, and she grabbed me, said, get it off me. When I turned and closed my eyes, I seen the dark hand on her. So we performed that exit and got rid of that. When, the, when it was the, that was done, a spirit came to me on my right side and said, Thank you. I looked at her because she stepped back. I said, did you see that and hear that? She said, yeah. I said, well, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, we have to get to understand that demons are for real, and you are their main target. What you do, your desires is what draws these demons to you. You'll understand a little more about that a little later on. Intellect. Demons have knowledge, not from natural sources. The first time Jesus confronted a demonized man in the synagogue in Capernaum, the demon spoke out of the man and said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God, Mark 1, 24. It was more than a year before Jesus' own disciples began to realize that, the, that these demons discerned, recognized, admittedly, who Jesus is. And these demons, like I said, demons know who Jesus is. All you have to do is go to Acts 19 and 16. In Acts 19 and 16, Apostle Paul and Cyrus is in Philippia, and he had cast out some demons. And it's obvious they must have put the cast into the tent, into a tent. Here's the, 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 the spirit of binding. They had to bind these demons into this tent because these men walked into this tent, wanting that power of the Holy Spirit, thinking it was something you can pay for, thinking it was something that you had, had the ability of your own, not knowing you needed to have Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God upon you in order to do this, which calls upon the Holy Spirit, which gives you the shield over you to protect you in, 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 in exorcism. So he walked into that tent, and the demon said, Jesus Christ we know, Apostle Paul we know, but you we do not know. And the word of God tells you it was a rumble-dumble in that tent. 
and the men came running out bloody naked, screaming, and got beat up. Demons know all about you because your desires is what brings them to you. Self-awareness. When Jesus asked the demonized man in the city of Galileans, what is your name? The demon answered on behalf of itself and the other demons. My name is Legion, for we are many. Mark 5 and 9. The demon was aware of both its own identity and that of the other demons occupying the man. Demons know what they are doing. This is what God is trying to put into our minds and our spirits and in us so you can get a better understanding why this happened, why this is going on. See, demons are assigned to you by your desires. Your desires you have will bring a demon onto you or stops a demon from coming up to you. You desire the things of God, you're going to walk in that light of God and do the things that God is seeking for you to do because you're desiring to be closer unto God. And the only way you'll get closer unto God is to shed, as my mentor, Apostle Paul, said, shed your fleshly desires every single day. I crucify my flesh with Christ every day. You have to understand when you're walking this earth, you are, wherever you have, I don't know what, okay, hey, Lord. One of my desires that the demon may try to come up with me, with me against, I used to be a DJ, a rapper, an MC. So when I was out there DJing and rapping, all the women around I used to love, seeing all the beautiful bodies and all the shapes and all those beautiful things. But this was a heavenly world until I learned that that's not how you're supposed to be. So I'm learning, I learned, not learning now, I learned a long time ago. I'll be 55 this coming Friday. I learned a long time ago. That's not the walk I want to walk. So now that I have a desire not to walk that walk because it's still something that they think is enemy, demons told you don't know how to walk down the street. I sell oils a day. You not sell oils a day. We deal with everybody, females and males. Some of these females, these demons throwing up on me, trying to rub up on us. I take a step back and I tell them, you can't do that. Jesus not having that. Stops it. Demon is going down because I'm fighting against that. I can't have you rubbing up on me. And, and no, 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 it can't happen. That goes against Jesus. If I'm going to stand for Christ, that means I got to stop those type of things. I can't do those type of things. I got to set an atmosphere around me that the Holy Spirit is going to stay with me. That keeps the demons from coming near me. Remember, demons know you, and whatever it is you like, they're going to use that tool against you. Demons have the ability to speak. In the first three Gospels, Matthew, James, Mark, and even in the book of Acts, we see several examples of demons with, with the ability to speak through the vocal organs of the person they are occupying. They can answer questions, and they can carry on conversation. Normally, we regard this ability to speak as a mark of personality. Demon, a demon that operates in the area of either the mind or the tongue is a lying spirit. It may speak either through the person's mind, the soul, or through the person's tongue. Remember, remember Matthew 16 and 23, when Peter was being used as Lucifer's mouthpiece? Demons have three main purposes assigned to them by Lucifer. 
here's where Jesus was talking about a little bit earlier, how they know you, how they, how they get attached to you. Jesus, I mean, excuse me, Lord, Lucifer assigns things to them. First, to torment and afflict us. Second, to keep us from knowing Christ. And third, to keep us from serving Christ efficiently. In accomplishing these purposes, demons are normally invisible. They cannot be perceived by human eyes. We can, however, recognize their presence and activities in the same way we recognize the presence of the wind. Actually, in both Hebrews and Greek, the word for spirit is also the word for wind. We never actually see the wind, but we see the effects the wind produces. Thus, rising across the street, racing across the street, clouds sailing across the sky, trees all bending in one direction, rain, rain beginning, rain being driven across our field of vision. All these sign points, all these signposts reveals the presence and activities of the wind. So it is with demons, we do not, we do not normally see them, but we can recognize their presence by certain characteristic actions. And, these, and their most beloved actions are enticing, harass, torture, compel, enslave, cause addictions, defile, and deceive. Demons, and, demons entice. Demons pursue people to do evil. Every one of us has, has, has experienced this at some time. Enticement often comes verbally, like this. You're walking down the street, you see a wallet on the ground. You pick the wallet off, off the street. You see there's money inside the wallet. Then you hear something whisper to you, take it. <laughs> no one never going to know. Other people do the same thing, too. <laughs> if it was your money, they take it. Anytime that has, anything that has a voice is a living thing, a being. And this voice belongs to a demon that's trying to entice you. If you do it, Lucifer, Lucifer, was it? Okay, Lucifer has begun to break down your defenses. Starting to sweat here. <laughs> Aside, nerves a little bit, but we're going to get through this. Sweat, stumble, not. You know what I mean? Come on, Jesus. You will no longer have a clear conscience. You will start to think that someone has seen what you have done. Yes, you will begin to feel guilty and start feeling bad or nervous. That prepares the way for Lucifer's next assault. Assault. Demons harassed. Demons study, listen real close, my brothers and sisters. Demons study you, follow your movement, observe your weak moments, detract your weak places. They will then they will engineer situations that will open the door for them to slip in. We all remember people, places, and things. When we come to that people, places, and things, and if you go, like, for me, I've been in, I've been in the drug classes, I've been in the alcohol classes, and we always say people, places, and things. You've got to watch out for people. Yeah, 
people, if you don't want to drink no more and people are still drinking and you can't go in the bar with them, you can, you can't hang with them. Because if they still going in the bar and you don't want to, you can't go in there with you. What you going to do? Drink. If you have a place, if, if you're somewhere that you know that you can't, like my little brother, every day I walk all the way down to his job. At 2.15, at 2.15, when he gets to walk out that door, we walk him straight to the bus stop. He gets out of Coastville and goes back to Westchester because Coastville and him is not a good mixture. People, places, and the things that he was doing in Coastville makes Coastville not a good place for him. So he has to get out of Coastville when he gets off of work. We make sure he go home because we're going to make sure he don't fall short from nothing that Lucifer was trying to do. And that's what God was pointing out. You have to always remember to yourself, People, places, and things. If you cannot go there, don't go there. And don't ignore anybody. And understand this. Demons need people to do evil from. So if you got something that you're trying to stay away from and someone's trying to talk you into it, that's a stumbling block. Walk away from them. It's not a friend. Any friend that cares for you, that loves you, wants to see you do good, to see you exceed, wants to see goodness come upon you. They call themselves a friend and try and get you to do bad things. That ain't your friend, man. Like, turn away from them. It's for real. Because demons do possess people, as God is proving. For example, a businessman who has had a terrible day at the office. Everything has gone wrong. He done tripped up the staircase. (laughs) His secretary spilled hot coffee on him. The air conditioner and 101 degree temperatures failed. An irate customer comes in threatening to sue. Then on the way home, he spends an hour sitting in his car in a traffic jam. That ain't even hacked. When he gets home, finally, supper's not even ready. And the kids is running around screaming. This is when he loses control and starts to yell at his whole family. Now, he is a kind and gentle man, and his family, his wife and kids are shocked. They forgive him quickly when he apologizes. His, out, his outburst could simply have been a loss of self-control. But the demon of anger was watching him. The demon of anger was watching, watching, watching him and now is waiting for a similar opportunity the next time the man loses his control the demon will seize the unguarded moment and slip in this is lead this will lead to what we see on tv murders shootings stabbings beatdowns because you're so mad oh you did what you said what you did what man i'm killing him i'm killing that, that demon driving you to that point to go kill. God don't want to kill. Then he said one of his commandments, thou should not kill. And then when he said, God said one of his commandments, I forget which one, I'm pretty sure you remember it. He then said, thou should not kill. But that demon of anger is watching you and waiting for you to slip up, to slip in, to mess you up. And if you're not guarded against this, I am one who knows about anger. For it, it, it turned me to a five-time felony. Then, 1995, I learned I got to leave anger alone because I can't do this for the rest of my life and out of jail. Over what? Because somebody said something because of this. No, because you're allowing yourself to be tricked up by a demon to think 
what that person is saying is that important to you to go do that. Like, for real? When you stop and think on something like, is it really all that important? Like, the situation? Is it? When you see the answer is no to that, you should turn around and walk away from that, no matter how mad you are. Because didn't also God say, be angry but don't sin? You know, God, I know you're going to get angry. But you ain't got to commit no sin into it. You ain't got to put no extra oomph or salt and pepper on it. We always say in the kitchen, no flavor into it. But that's what that demon wants you to do. It wants you to allow whatever the situation is going on to drive you to the point. I, when does it come to the point in your mind in a fit of an argument, you say to yourself, I'm going to kill him. When does killing the person is the answer, the solution to your problem? Because we all know if you kill somebody now, you're going to kill yourself. And if the cops don't get you, the family going to get you, somebody going to get you. That's how demons set things up. And that fit of ringer, the anger, that rage, you're not seeing this. You're not understanding that. It's all about you, the process. Like demons bring friends with them, like the reason, 22,000 demons, all come in one pack. You ain't dealing with that. But that's what they do. They, 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 they come on you. They assault you. They break you down just so you don't think clearly. And when you're not thinking clearly, you'll do anything they say to do. They'll force you to do anything you want that they want you to do. Then after you commit the album and every time I done put somebody out, I'm like, man, why I do that? Man, come on. I got to stop, man. Come on, man. Once you're done, that demon leaves. Like it said, you're going to know what you did. Now you got to face that, not them. You do. Are you prepared to face it? My favorite TV show, Beretta, said, don't commit the crime if you can't do the time. Just don't do it. When a demon of anger gains control, he will abuse the man's family, actually hurting those the man loves the most, mom, dad, sister, brothers, kids, whoever. Afterwards, when the man is ashamed and feels remorse, now understand this, you will know what you said and what you have done. Like we just said, you will know that. For the man said, I don't know why. I don't know what came over me. I don't know why I did that. If you were studying and that that spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, come give you that dementia, that power of dementia, you can see these things, and that won't come over you anymore. This is just one of many examples how demons have patience. The reason why we're stretching out these words to you, the word on waiting and watching you and have patience. God's trying to let you know they are a living being because you don't see them does not mean they don't exist. You watch the movies, Halloween come up, you put on the Halloween costume. Where do you the Halloween idea came from? That costume came from. Where do the movies ideas are coming from? It's haunted. Everything's haunted. If it's haunted, it's coming from something that's living. But it's because it's dead to us, we think that it doesn't live. Remember, demons are not something that lived and died. They never had a choice on living. They have a living through Christ, a spiritual life. Their death was being separated from God, being cast out of heaven. When they came to earth, they became them demons, the fallen ones. They never and never will taste the death that we have to taste, the death that they cause can cause upon us. You know what I'm trying to say to you? But they are 100% living, not beings until they possess a person, then they become a living being. 
and they all and they will wait for the right opportunity to slip in. Please understand that. Please get a grab of that. Demon, I probably bring y'all right these list down. Demons torture. Jesus revealed a parable of a servant whose master forgave him of a debt of several million dollars. But when he but when but when but then refuses to forgive a fellow servant a, of a debt of just a couple of dollars. Hmm. The parable concludes with a judgment on the unforgiving servant, the torturer. And the word of God says, and his master was angry and delivered and delivered him to the torture until he should pay back all he was that he was doing. Let me read it right. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Matthews eight eighteen. My sorry, Matthews eighteen thirty four. Remember. Jesus said in the beginning, demons use people to do evil. In this parable, a man owed a lot of money and was freed of his debt. Man, that sounds good, don't it? Imagine the government coming telling you, the IRS saying that you owe us $1.5 million. Send a letter, a letter in the middle talking about now you don't owe us nothing. We cool with you. You don't owe us nothing. All right. <laughs> I know you're laughing at that. That's a, that's a dream. But through Christ. Anything's possible. But the man having a love for money, gluttony, would not free someone of the debt he was owed. This is what happens when demons sit in through the evil through through the evil that comes from within us. But this is how God this is how fair God is. To the tormentor, God says, to the tormented, God says, if you can if you forgive Man, their trespasses, your father also forgive you yours. But if you can do not forgive man their trespasses, neither will your father in heaven forgive you of yours. Matthew six fourteen and six fourteen and fifteen. Now see in Matthew eighteen and thirty four, God is saying to the torturer, What you do to others, I will do unto you. Because we all know the story of the man that didn't forgive his servant and was turned over to the and turned back over to the king and the king reestablished his debt and threw him into the dungeon. Let me break the word dungeon down because dungeon and jail are two different things. I've been hearing too many people talk about a dungeon going to jail like a dungeon. No, it ain't. Let me tell you why. Anytime you watch an old school movie by the kings and they, get, they you go down their dungeon and you see somebody in them, they see a skeleton locked in them cages up in there. That's that person that had no money to pay that debt. That's how you pay the debt back in the day. You died. In jail, I know personally, you got a debt you owe to the state. Yeah, you got a couple months you got to do. After those months is up, you have paid your debt. You are free now. You get, you get like I let you go. Back in this time period, if you owe so much money and then have nobody in your family to come bring that money in, if you didn't have that, that money in yourself in your pocket to bring that money in, you can sit in there until you die, until you were dead. And God was saying here in Matthew 18 34, you were free to your death because you couldn't free somebody or you torment that person. Because remember, he wouldn't have his servant thrown in jail. So he put him in torment. Well, he put him in my second Holy Spirit, thrown into the dungeon. <laughs> so God is also saying, and now in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, 
God is talking to tormented. If you can forgive your many trespasses, I'll forgive you yours. So God is saying, hey, he threw you in the, in the dungeon, right, because he owed you money. So you sat in that dungeon, figured you were going to sit there forever because you had nobody come help you get that money out of there. But here it is, God turns around and frees you. So my question is, did the man forgive the man for throwing him in there? Because that forgiveness gave him, got him out of there. If, you, if someone's doing you wrong, has done you wrong, you, only, you ain't know if someone did or didn't do you wrong. If you cannot forgive them for what they did, always remember your thoughts all day long. You're thinking of this, you're thinking of that, you're thinking of this, this, that, that, this. Through your day, through the influences of demons, through their actions, you thought and said something that went against God. You driving home. I hear you, Holy Spirit. You driving home, bathroom, somebody cut you off. That beep, 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 beep. Man, I'm a beep, 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 and you beep, beep, and that. Do the beep, 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 beep. Oh, foul language. Didn't God tell us to clean our mouths out? And you go to Isaiah, he burnt, um, he put burning coal in Isaiah's mouth to clean his mouth out. Didn't he? So God tells you, you can't curse. God does say in his word, take filthy conversations out of your mouth. So if you drive down the street, somebody cuts you off. You beep, 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 beep. You just went against God. You trespassed against God. Someone steals something from you. I'm going to kill that mother. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look, look, look. Oh, go back to that first commandment. Thou should not kill. But now you have plans if you follow through or not. That thought right there, that process at that moment and that time just went against God. Hmm. If you can't forget somebody, their trespasses. You better understand, you done made trespasses against God. Mm-hmm. All right, find my place. Next page. All right. After another form of spiritual torture is the inner accusations that says you have committed the unforgettable sin. This thought come, is coming from nothing but an accusation, uh, accusing Accusations of a lying year. All right. Accusations of a lying spirit. If you really have committed the unforgivable sin, you would be so hardened that you wouldn't even care. <laughs> right? You wouldn't even be thinking, giving a second thought. That said something that goes against God. You wouldn't even care. That's why you did it, because you don't care. But the fact is, because you're concerned about it, Proves you have not committed it. When we read Matthew twelve thirty one to thirty two, the Word of God says, "Therefore I say unto you, all manners of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but." Whosoever speaketh against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Ooh, God letting you know, the Holy Spirit, him. the Holy Spirit is with, is when you are born, the Spirit is with you. It gives just why you cannot commit suicide. You are not of yourself. You did not make yourself. You didn't create yourself. You didn't do none of that. That's funny how we walk around with so much pride talking about I, 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 but yet you didn't do nothing to make that I. God did. So the only person who gets over you is God, not you, because you didn't do nothing that made you. 
he did. So the Holy Spirit brings that wisdom to you that keeps you in a holiness, a humbleness position. So when you sit there and say things against an innocent spirit that's dead, because Jesus said, when I go, I will send the comforter. That's who this Holy Spirit is, is a comforter who comforts you through hard times, who shields you through rough times. And you want to talk bad about him, you ain't never seen him. Every time he speaks, he tells you what God is saying, not what he's feeling, not what he's thinking. He tells you what God is saying. So the Holy Spirit coming to you, you might want to make that your friend. You might want to fall in love with him because you know the Holy Spirit, which you guess who else is? Jesus, God, and Holy Heavenly Host. You're walking with him. But God is saying, you know, you can say what you want to say about my son. You know what I mean? That's cool. You're you, you going to feel that. You say something about him, <laughs> he ain't do nothing but helping you. <laughs> He ain't doing nothing but helping you. Watch yourself now. We got to watch the words that come out of our mouths. I'm trying to tell you something. Demons enslave. Let us take an example from an area that few in church speak about, sex. Suppose you have committed a sexual sin and you repent and meet God's conditions for forgiveness. You know you are not only forgiven but justified just as if you had never sinned. See Romans 8 and, 3, 8 and 30. But you still have intense desire to commit the same sin again. Even though you hate it, you are sure you have been forgiven, but you are not free. You are enslaved. It is not just sex, but also alcoholism, drug abuse. Anger, homosexuality, lesbianism, um, bisexualism, racism, pride, and many, many more. We are enslaved because we have the desires of these things. If you have a desire of anything on that list, you're enslaved to it. These are things that pull us away from God. We need to learn to enslave ourselves to things that's going to pull us closer to God. But that goes back to the beginning when demons do not like our communion with God. Whatever they're going to do to stop us, they're going to do it. Demons use sin to keep us from being truly free from sin. It is the desires, free will, that can break the chains, open up the cage doors, and get you get your get-out-of-jail um, card. Your desire, you change your desires and the things you're desiring, I'm a witness to it. Let's send you to commit. I have I, I have enjoyment today just fighting God, just repenting just for my thoughts and not actions. Because no matter what I think, I'm too scared to go commit that joint. For real, for real. I I'm I somebody make me mad, I felt me, oh Lord, forgive me for that thought. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for that. No matter of fact, bless them. If you walk past a person down the street, and you see they're going through a bad day, and you say hi to them, and they don't say hi back to them, try this for instead. You see they're having a bad day, you go past them and say, have a blessed day, and keep it moving. And just keep it moving. And I guarantee you, you will change their day. I know. I'm a witness to that. When we change, here we go, when we change our desires, and we change our desires and close the doors that open, demons lose their power of influence that Keeps the doors open to them. Demons compel. One word is more characteristic. No word 
is more characteristic than demons' activity than the word compulsive. For example, compulsive smoking, compulsive consumption of alcohol, drugs. This is well established that these activities produce a chemical reaction in the brain. This opens a place weakness. This opens a place of weakness, a door. Demons are standing behind waiting. Oh, they waiting for you. Come on, man, drink it, drink it, go ahead, drink it. He's going to do it, he's going to do it. Oh, come on, open it, do it. Oh, he's there. Yeah, that's all. Oh, the door's open. <laughs> Here come more problems. This provides us with a spiritual definition of addiction. A person becoming addicted when he or she has been brought under the power of anything that has not that is not helpful, a demon. Addiction can control a person's behavior, actions, thoughts, attitude. This is the area of the humans demons need to grab control of in order to possess us. We all remember what Pookie said. It be calling me, man. And that's what demons do, the control of a demon. When you're trying to get away from something, you try, it, it doesn't have to be drugs. It can be a person. It can be anything that you're trying to get, you realize is not good for you. And you're trying to get away from it. They're going to try to keep you there. They want you to stay there because it breaks you down. And the more broken down you are, the better you are for them. You ever drop on the street and see an abandoned house get ready to fall apart? That's the, house, that's the house they want to be for you to be. Because you're broken down like that, they can enter into the house because that house has so many. If it's snowing outside, 20 below zero, and you know you ain't running that house with no shelter. That house ain't got no shelter. It got many cracks in it, ain't got no windows on it, it's falling apart, the air running through that. Ain't nothing but cold in that house. It's broken down. That's what demons want you to be, that type of a house, a broken down house. And then they can go ahead and run in for shelter when the Spirit of God is coming down the street. You know what I'm saying? Amen to that one. For example, two men love sex, one with a woman, the other with a man. Both are sins. Do you hear what Jesus is saying to you right now? Both are sins. It both be sin because it's the demon of fornication. Is that, wait a minute, let me, let me go back to the beginning of this, my brother. This is, I'm sorry, I, I missed something. Demons defiled. That's what I'm talking about, demons defiled. And this, this is something, my brother and sister, you need to understand. The most Lucifer gets, uh, gets his assignments from the desires that lies with inside you. No one has the same desires. You may have the same sin habits but act differently within it. Now we, now we got that established. Amen. I'm jumping ahead, but we're going to back it up. For example, two men love sex, one with a woman, one with a man. Both are sins because of the demon of fornication is what they have committed. Forgiving, forgivable sins, both forgivable sins. When one repents and walks away from the sin, never to do it again. That's the meaning of Repentance. For, for from within, out of the heart of a man, proceeds evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, 
murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, thank you, Holy Spirit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defiles the man. Once again, we're going to go over that again. When you have desires of these type of natures, demons are assigned to you. You give Lucifer his assignments to give to his demons. One more area, one main area that demons seek for, that one main area demons seek for that lives within us, that defiles us, is our thoughts and imaginations. You can... This can, this can take the form of impure, lustful images or fasten, uh, fantasies that project themselves unbiting, unbiting meaning without having committed, commanded or invited into our minds. This may happen especially when you're trying to focus on something of God, either it's worship or when you're trying to study the word of God. Any strong, lustful impulse that rises up in our minds in such moments is a spiritual attack. Demons oppose our communion with God. They have, they know, like, once again, through hatred. They have, you, I mean, everybody always here, everybody was talking about these demons being Lucifer and his prophet and this got him cast out and, and the third of heaven, the angels that got him cast out with him. That's hatred. When, when we get to understand, that's why it's so easy for Lucifer to beat us up. We don't have a true understanding of God. I mean, let's keep it real. We really don't. It's called a real rap. So let's let's, let's get some, kick out some real rap. We don't have a true understanding of who God is, our creator, our father. Here these angels are in heaven with God the almighty. We don't know what heaven is like. We can't experience it. We can read it. We can dream it. People can tell stories. People can tell offense. But none of us human beings know what heaven is like. But these angels did. And it must have been something beautiful because Lucifer wanted it for himself. It must have been something powerful that he wanted it for himself. I got to have that. Like, why? We can get an understanding of Lucifer's actions towards God and get a better respect of God. God, can I get closer to you to understand more why he acted like that? Because whatever you got that made him want that, can I have it? I want to use, it. I want to use your will, though. I want to use it for your will, not my will, because that ain't mine. It's yours. But it must have been something that he wanted it so bad. Because Isaiah tells you that Lucifer wanted that. He wanted to be just like God. So what is God like that made this demon rebel against him in heaven? That made God, that made the Michael Angel cast them out of heaven. That there was no place for them to return. Read the word of God. What is it about God that we're missing? Because we're missing something. What is it? We need to find out what that is we're missing because Lucifer knows what it is. And he's trying to stop us from finding it out. Stop praying yourself. This is real. And Lucifer's trying to stop you from figuring it out. There's a reason why he wanted something from God. What is it about God that was so powerful, so beautiful, that he 
And Lucifer was, was one guy, strongest angels. He had a beautiful voice. He made a tongue, but this bad light bear wanted to sound brighter than God. Why? What was it about God that made you want to do that? Instead of being next to God, absorbing God. What? I want to know. I want to know. What made you go, what made you become a fool? What was so beautiful that you had to have it for yourself that you tried to take it from God when he was going to give it to you? Come on. We got to open our eyes. Seriously. We got to open our eyes. Here's a good title for Lucifer. Demons deceived. Demons are behind every form of spiritual deception. In 1 Timothy 4.1, Apostle Paul says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times someone will depart from the faith, give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Do you not see that right now going on? Do you not see that going on right now? Open your spiritual eyes, my brothers and sisters. That's what's happening right now. People are preaching in church about money. People are talking about this. People are talking about that. People are trying to get you to be focused on this, right? That's Lucifer's plan, to deceive you, stop, so you don't get close to God. Because it's funny. Somebody can prove, I can, I can, I, can <laughs> I ain't got no money, but I do know this. I'm dropping my knees. I say, Lord, I need. It may take a week. It may even take a month. But guess what? When he sent it, he sent more abundantly. Go ahead and take care of that. Keep that for that. <laughs> You're going to need this for this right here. Go take care of all that. Yeah, I mean, don't ask some more. You got it. <laughs> I'll get you what you need. There you go. But Lucifer wants you to think you can do it yourself. That's the funny part. <laughs> I don't know nobody that put an application in the job and hired yourself at that same job. A lot of interviews, a lot of talking to somebody, a lot of sitting down and discussing somebody. I did interviews. I had interviews. We all did. So if you got that job paying you over $100,000, guess what? You didn't get that job to yourself. God opened that door for you. That house, that money for that house, you, 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 that was God's plan for you because you walked in his light. And you walk in the road, he said, to walk down to you. So you walk, it's called walking into your blessing. So when you walk into your blessing, in your blessing, this was added into your blessing, plans of God have for you. So you sit and listen to these cats talking about, you want this money, you want this money. If you got Jesus, you have everything you need. Be more hungry for Jesus than they're hungry for money. Because you can't buy your way into heaven. They ain't selling no tickets. <laughs> Can't sell no tickets. People cannot depart from the faith. These are Christians who have been enticed out of the sound biblical faith into some, some into a form of doctrinal error. Spiritual deception, I believe, is the greatest single danger that threatens Christians in their later times. I have to be honest with you, my brothers and sisters. There was a time period until tonight or until when Jesus and I started putting this together that Jesus answered that for me. I wanted, like, as I started getting older and felt well, what am I, and I hoping I don't want to fall off in later years and then all of a sudden turn back to a dog, like a dog to my vomit and forgetting about it. I don't want to be, that was my fear, but now I understand it's a demon's thoughts, not mine. Hallelujah. Because I know now 
hearing that demon say this apostle, my mental apostle Paul telling this is that demon said, I can defeat that now. I know my later years, I'm gonna keep doing more. I know the later years is gonna be good now. Because that fear right there is out of me. Thank you, Lord. I know now that I can go on in later years, and so can you. And behind each and every spiritual deception is a corresponding demon. Any doctrine that detracts from the holiness of God's tracks or that attacks the person, nature, or work of Jesus Christ or that undermines the authority of Scripture is demonic. This includes false religions, cults, and philosophies that set aside truths of the Holy Bible. Everybody wants to say this and say that. I had a conversation. Jesus, I got to say Jesus had this conversation with my nephew. He's sitting around trying to put the Bible, why he don't follow the Bible, why the Bible this, why the Bible that. Then he says to me, well, Jesus said in the Bible, he's a damn light. I said, where did Jesus say that at? Some people bush that. Well, that's what he said. I said, no, Jesus said he's the light that pierces through the dark. But you don't study the Bible. You've never picked up the Bible to see what anything Jesus had to say. You're going off of what somebody said. And that's where that false doctrine is coming in. Someone ain't taking the time. If you want, if anybody, my brother is like, oh, Jesus, I always tell people this. We're going to tell you the same thing to them. Anybody walk up to you trying to dispute the Bible, you ask them, what book are you reading? Can I have that book so I can take that book and compare it to the Bible? Because you know what book I'm coming from. I'm coming from the Holy Bible, the Word of God. You're saying that book is not right. Then what book do you have? And they say I ain't got no book. Somebody told me, walk away from them. Because <laughs> you're just going to be walking into something that you don't need to be walking into because they don't know what they're talking about. We need to remember... Come to an understanding, except the fact that demons are always trying to control and distract who Jesus is. So tonight, Jesus wants to, wants to teach on Sodom, the spirit that lives in every city. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, I want to come to you always in spirit and in truth at your altar, Father God, worshiping, praising you, giving you glory, giving you honor, always giving you really respect. I come, Father, now just saying, just denounce me, Father God, and allow thy words to come through me, Father God. Let your spirit to flow through me, Father God, that we may defeat Lucifer and his demons and all that's influenced by him and open the minds of our brothers and sisters, Father God, to thy words that would give them freedom from their sin. And Jesus' name, we can divert over Lucifer, all that's fallen with him, all that's influenced by him. And in our Lord, Master, and Savior, Father God, by Son, Jesus Christ, we say yes unto you, and amen, amen, and amen. Sodom and Gomorrah are possibly located under, the, under, under or adjacent to the shallow waters south of the Alasin and former Palencia in the central parts of the Dead Sea in Israel. The full se- that fully separates the seas north and south the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah are the descendants of Canaan, son of Ham, grandson of Noah, or, and they're called the Canaanites. We know all about this sinful, all the sinful acts of Sodom, but there were much more demons than just that. For the people of Sodom and her sister cities also worshiped demonic, demonic idols. 
What we need to understand is when God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma, Zubumi, and Zor, the people died. The impure spirits were set free. Spirits of pride, anger, alcohol, alcoholism, drug abuse, gluttony, arrogancy, stubbornness, disobedience, self-will, manipulation, fear, control, disillusionment, twisted thinking, leviathan, death and dumb, murder, bitterness, temptation, slander, violence, resentment, hatred, witchcraft, Jezebel, self-centeredness, ego, self-worshipping, laziness, people pleasers, and gossiping. Woo! That tore them cities apart. These these impure spirits have inhabited all cities that kind that came after Sodom. These impure spirits have lived through the centuries the things that defiles man. When you study the history of mankind, you will find after the destruction of Sodom and her sister city, from the from what defiles a man, these impure spirits went to work. When you come to the 11th, 11th century up to the 14th century, you learn about the kings and their kingdoms. The demons of arrogancy made them open the doors to the demons of pride that made them do whatever they wanted, overthrown another kingdom and just overcoming other, other kingdoms just to show one's own importance or abilities. They did it because I can do it type thing. You know what I mean? Parties that only Lucifer can love. When we see these parties, you see the drinking, the drugging, the sex-filled rooms. They couldn't get enough of these parties. Fornication and gluttony filled these rooms. We're going to take a break right now. Hallelujah. And uh, ask you right now, Father, if anyone right now that knows that you feel on your heart tug that, you know, things are going out the way you want them to go, and you know that you can get things right with Christ, and you know he can help you get them right, Repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, for I accept you as my personal Savior. For only with you I can get things right in my life. I accept you. Amen. If you ever said, said this and accept the question of your personal life, we now encourage you to find the Ask God to guide you to a Bible-based study in church so you can learn and be fed. We'll call my brother Rob for announcements. Yes, real quickly. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. So real quickly, I'm going to go ahead and um, do the announcements. And uh, thank you so much tonight, uh, Evangelist Ty, for for tonight's testimony and tonight's inspiring speech about sin and demons. Okay. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live from www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a caller number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to one of our hosts, you can just press the number one. <clears throat> anytime you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can just simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. We also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where we do major announcements on that social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle of Purpose underscore Kingdom. We also do have an email address where you can email us. That's Purpose Kingdom 
www.facebook.net where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. All right. And uh, we also do have a radio network, which is pkn.com, where you can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. Okay. And tomorrow, with God's own God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for One Touch Transformations. And that's going to be hosted by Minister Arthenius Coleman. So once again, with God's own God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for One Touch Transformations, which will be at the 9 p.m. hour. And it's going to be hosted by Minister Arthenius Coleman. All right, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and I'm going to turn the show back over to you, Evangelist Todd. Amen. I pray in Jesus Christ you tune into the march of the great show. But as you move up the timeline, you come to the 15th and 19th century. The humans had no care for God. Your studies will show from the, from the early times women were forced into sex. Now they get paid for it. We call that prostitution. And in the eyes of God, it's the spirit of Jezebel. As, as, in all time period, as in all time periods, war and killing was nothing strange to mankind. The impure spirit of murder and slander was in full effect. Lucifer's real plans was to destroy God's futures, plans by killing children. This brings on the evil spirit of manipulation. Kids, you have to get a please, please, my brothers and sisters, get an understanding that your children are major, major, major targets for Lucifer. Why do you think you have the gay pride people going in these little skinny gardens, setting up all this stuff, trying to get these kids tricked up and mixed up? Kids at that age ain't thinking about no sex. They're trying to figure out what they want for Christmas or next Twitter they're trying to want to get. They want to know the next, next, what they're going to get for lunch. When that time coming? That's what's on their mind. But Lucifer has different plans, and we have to guard our, our kids up from that. From the 15th to the 19th century, Lucifer's movie script was in full play. People's desires opened more doors for demons as Lucifer's plans, desires for authority, for, um, these are Lucifer's plans for desire for men to have desires for authority, power, and money, which you know mankind does. Then you will come to the 20th century. Ah, yeah. In this century, demons are in full power. No more practicing. They are now pursuing engineering and in a particular profession or occupation for their way of life to destroy mankind. Yes, you are a job for a demon. And now from 2000 to 2023, these demons live in every city, country, and land. If we do not get it together, the fate of Sodom, Gomorrah, Abba, Zubumi, and Zorro will be the fate of us all. We need to, we need to heed, pay attention Take notice that Sodom is an example of God's vengeance against evil living. Because when you go to the book of Jude 1-7, the word of God says, as even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manners, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are self forth and are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal life. So, in closing, as always, Jesus and I want to give you something to think on. That's from 2 Timothy 3 and 2. 
For men shall be lovers of themselves, covenants, boasters, proud, blasphemy, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Please, my brothers and sisters, check your spirit. Father God, we come to you always in spirit and truth. We give you the praise, give you the worship, and give you your honor. I pray now, Father God, that your word has went forth. Knowing as it went forth, Father God, knowing as the comments of that you set forth to accomplish, I say thank you. I pray now for my brothers and sisters, Father God, that, that your wisdom will, will, will ride with them through this rest of this week, Father God, and letting them know on how to stand and recognize what Lucifer is trying to do and through Jesus Christ destroy it. And only in Jesus Christ is blessed on them to give you the glory, give you the honor, give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Amen. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose.